Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everyone, uh, to all the listeners out there. This is the NFL Week 6 preview show and best bets show uh, for the NFL Week 6 over and unders and via the spread. This is the All In Man Cave podcast. I am your trusted host, Cole Haight. Great football game to go over first before we get to our the rest of our Sunday slate and Monday night uh, games as well for week six. Uh, week six has already begun with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the Philadelphia Eagles 28-22. to uh, If you guys have been listening for more than two episodes of my all of my 31 total episodes, well, this being the 31st, you guys know I'm not the biggest fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, although they are the hometown team in the area that I am from. Uh, good to see them go down. I was talking with a lot of people before this game, talking about how this game was going to be a lot closer than I thought. I did not think that Tampa Bay would not cover, but that's how it, it played out. I apologize for giving you guys two bad bets for this game uh, via our last podcast. I took Tampa Bay minus the six and a half and the over. Both of those did not hit barely. Uh, the over was 52 and a half. They only covered 50 uh, and Tampa Bay only won by six. So bad, bad performance in terms of betting odds. But I was close, uh, close. It only counts for horseshoes and hand grenades. So I apologize for losing you guys money if you guys took that bet. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, exactly what I thought would happen did happen. Tampa Bay goes up by a lot in the first half and the beginning of the second half. Uh, Jalen Hurts comes back in some garbage time, gets two rushing touchdowns, and they cover a two-point conversion. Uh, he did. Jalen Hurts did have one uh, pass TD uh, to Zach Ertz, um, but that's about it. 115 yards passing, that's about it against a very subpar Secondary for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, uh, multiple touchdown passes, not as many yards as people expected him to, but he's still rolling, uh, which I expected against a Philadelphia defense that I thought would give him a little bit of some issues, uh, but he didn't seem like he had that many issues. Good game overall. Bucks look good. They're definitely in control in the NFC. Definitely best team in the NFC right now uh, in terms of uh, statistics, and you guys would say right now, hey, what about the undefeated Arizona Cardinals? We will get to them uh, covering their their week six game this week against the Cleveland Browns. That will be a little bit later, but let's uh, also give an update uh, quickly or soon after the game ended, uh, and actually it, the, the news came through and broke today. Zach Ertz, the all-pro veteran tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles, has just been traded to the Arizona Cardinals for Tay Gowan, a corner, a younger cornerback, and a fifth-round pick in the 2022 draft. So I've, I've, I've mentioned a lot of this, not really on the podcast, but some of the local Eagles fans around the area. It seems like Philadelphia wants to clean house in terms of veterans. Uh, they will or they may have three top 10 first round picks this year, depending on what happens with Carson Wentz uh, on the Indianapolis Colts. But uh, it seems like they're going to try and unload some of these contracts for veterans. And if that's the case, then if I was a veteran for the Philadelphia Eagles, I would be afraid to be traded uh, since I think that's the direction they are currently going. 
but interestingly enough, Zach Ertz, who people have been talking about him getting moved uh, probably for about a month now, uh, he does get moved before the trade deadline. Uh, I believe the trade deadline's November, first week in November. I think it's November 2nd. Uh, but we're going to start seeing a lot of trades happening uh, beyond players. Uh, the Lions have been involved in some trades uh, for some of the very few high-caliber players that they have on offense and on defense. But we're going to start seeing some trades between some teams that want to contend and some teams that are close to contending as well, and also some really bad teams that are looking to reset moving into the 2022 draft uh, and the next season and seasons moving forward. So Zach Ertz, uh, that's a fantasy impact, especially if he goes to a team like the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, uh, kind of running that that helm there. Uh, Max Williams, their current starting tight end, a little bit dinged up. Uh, they can't really fill his spot, which makes a lot of sense for them to trade for. The only issue I want to talk about regarding uh, this trade is that the Cardinals have a lot of players that are veterans. Uh, they went out and picked up a bunch of players that are veterans, and they're giving up a lot of draft picks and or practice squad players that would act as if they're like a farm system similar to the MLB. Uh, me and my buddy Tyler, unfortunately, couldn't make it on the podcast, but he will be on soon. Don't you guys worry. Uh, talked about that similar to the Mets where they seem to be giving up their farm system players and or in this instance, the comparison for to the NFL is draft picks uh, to pick up these veteran players to make mini runs rather than actually building a dynasty. So that's the one thing I wanted to give up. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, in my eyes, a subpar head coach. However, he's making moves that are working out for now. Uh, but he seems like he's treating this like the like college, uh, and he's recruiting these players. As, at some point, some of the players he will not be able to recruit, which will be essentially their downfall. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, and I'm not trying to diminish anything that Tyler Murray uh, in the Arizona offense has done up until this point to become the only undefeated team in the NFL. So we'll keep an eye on them. Uh, but that's enough for the Thursday night game and the Zach Ertz trade. Let's hop right in to the Sunday slate. So we're going to start with, like we did last week, the London game. Uh, the Dolphins are at the Jaguars, but technically the Jaguars are the home team, even though it's in London. Tua Tonga-Vailoa should make his return this week. Very interestingly enough, um, I think Tua brings more than Jacoby Percet brings to the offense. Um, and mainly because of Jalen Waddle. So him playing with Jalen Waddle at Alabama, uh, they have multiple years under each other. They trust each other. Uh, th they've been around each other enough to build that rapport before they made it to the NFL, uh, which just basically translated pretty well for him coming in as a rookie uh, and being able to help Tua, who struggled as a rookie uh, in a decent amount of his games in his first year. The presence in London for the Jaguars is actually stronger than a lot of people think. Uh, the Jags have played in London every year since the NFL has been over there. Um, I believe, at least. It's been at least the last five years uh, that I that I remember them playing in London. And the support from uh, the people in London for the Jaguars is very high, uh, which helps them a little bit in this game. But the, the overhanging dark cloud is is did people just forget about Urban Meyer and what he did because of all the John Gruden stuff going on? Uh, I may have mentioned this on the podcast. I may have just mentioned it via word of mouth to some of the people I talked to via sports or and about sports. 
you're only any scrutiny uh, and any type of big deal off the field incident is only as big as the next incident uh, or winning. So Jacksonville has not won. So it's not that. However, Gruden may overshadow the Urban situation. So I'm wondering how Jacksonville continues to play for Urban, uh, even knowing all of the stuff that's coming out uh, via his his basically scandal uh, and not flying home with the team, going to his bar uh, and allowing younger females while he's married to dance on him. So it all depends on how the Jacksonville Jaguars react uh, to that situation moving forward, whether they've swept it under the rug or they're all holding uh, a bit of a grudge against him. So we'll see how that goes. So the pick is in for this game. I am taking the Dolphins minus three in Tua's return. It, even if Tua does not come back and Jacoby starts, I still think it's enough for them to cover a field goal. I see him winning between by between five and seven. Uh, but I'm going to take the under of 47. Uh, based on the fact that the Dolphins' defense is decent. Trevor Lawrence doesn't look good, and I don't think Jacksonville scores more than 13, uh, and I don't think Miami scores 34, so that's why I'm taking the under of 47. Next on the slate, the big NFC North matchup. The Packers are at the Bears. Uh, The main thing I want to look at in this game that's basically going to determine how the outcome goes is the Bears' defense versus the Packers' offense. Uh, The Packers' defense is very overrated. Nobody's really talking about how bad they actually are. Um, They really don't have any playmakers on defense anymore that are either A, injured or on injured reserve, or B, just overall dinged up and are not performing. Uh, The Smith brothers, uh, their two biggest pass rushers, not really performing very well as of late. Uh, They cannot stop the run. Uh, Their run defense is subpar. Their linebackers are not very good, and they've lost any solidarity uh, in the back end as well. So I don't see them being able to stop the Bears' offense. That is also very hit or miss, which is basically going to determine how the game goes. Um, But I think the Bears can do enough, uh, definitely enough to cover, which we'll get to my pick in a minute. But the Bears' offensive questions are at every level of the offense. Uh, So their offensive line, is it going to perform? Is it going to look subpar like it's been? Who knows? Uh, They're very hit or miss. Justin Fields at at the quarterback position, how's he going to play? Hasn't looked very well throwing the football in terms of completion percentage. Did have a one week where he hit a lot of big, big plays deep. But... I mean, even at the and moving on, the running back position, you've got David Montgomery on IR. Uh, You have Damian Williams, who was good for him um, in a backup role. But the problem is, is that now he's placed on the COVID list. So there's a a situation where he may or may not play. They have Khalil Herbert, uh, their rookie running back uh, that played well last week with 75 rushing yards, I think was on 14 or 16 carries. He was playing well. Uh, no matter who starts at running back, they're going to be able to perform against a subpar defense. But, like, what about the wide receiver position as well for the Chicago Bears? Darnell Mooney, he shows up, he leaves. He shows up, he leaves. Uh, it, it He he caught a lot of deep balls, and then he, he went non-existent. Allen Robinson hasn't had a single game that's respectable per his skill set in fantasy football and in overall statistics as well. He seems like he's going to be on the trade block. He's going to be leaving uh, Chicago for sure uh, before the trade deadline. But 
Justin Fields needs to find these weapons. It's not like they have no weapons. Cole Komet, decent tight end. He could find him. Uh, but I believe that it ultimately comes down to Justin Fields isn't ready yet and he doesn't have enough protection. Now, I think in this game, he'll be able to do that uh, based on their opponent and their opponent's skill set. So the under in this game is way too low. So obviously going to take the over. Already mentioned that the Bears are going to cover. So the pick is in. Uh, Bears plus five and a half. I think a field goal either way is the biggest I can see or a Bears overall win. Uh, and I'm going to take the over of 44. I, I just, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to score at least 20. There's no way he doesn't score at least 20 in this game. Uh, and I think that the the defense for the, for the Packers is bad enough uh, where the Bears can potentially score 35. Next on the list, the Texans at the Colts. Uh, this is the first Colts game against a subpar team. They've played a lot of very good caliber teams so far, and it's shown uh, that they haven't been able to pl- play good enough to not only stay in these games, uh, but even come out on top in any of them. Uh, they're currently 1-4. and four. The thing that I'm looking at the most is that the Texans played well last week against a Bill Belichick defense. This defense for the Colts is probably a little bit better. Uh, so Davis Mills showed some really good things last week. And it's very promising if you're a Texans fan that they're still able to stay afloat uh, with already one victory more than people expected them to have at this point, um, especially with all the Deshaun Watson stuff. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries. Uh, that Nobody trusts their coach, uh, nor do they trust uh, any sort of, sort of upper management. So the thing I'm looking at is that who whose offense is going to stay hot? The Colts look good against the Ravens last week. Uh, they gave up a lot of points at the end of the game to Lamar Jackson. Uh, not 100% on the Colts' defense. They could have performed better, but Lamar Jackson's just playing out of his mind right now. So I don't give it, I don't give it too much merit uh, to place the Colts' defense in some sort of purgatory based on what Lamar did in the fourth quarter. It's a one-off. I don't see the Colts' defense giving that up every week. So let's see what happens. Uh, The Colts' defense and how they play will determine this outcome. And I don't think they're going to play as good as they can. Uh, So that is why the pick is in. I'm going with the Texans plus 10 and the over of 43.5 based on the Colts giving the Texans scores via garbage time and via throughout the game. Next on the list, the Chiefs against the Washington football team. It is in Washington. The question I have is a lot of people are overreacting to the beginning of the Chiefs season at 2-3. and three. Let's take a minute to see if the Chiefs can go on a run and give you their next four opponents. Washington football team this week, defense is overrated. They're probably bottom five. Uh, they've given up th- almost, I think they've given up at least 28 points in every game. Uh, They don't have that many sacks. They're in the bottom of the league in the sack category. Their secondary hasn't played well. After the Washington football team, the Chiefs have the Titans, who got absolutely destroyed by the Jets. Um, And if you compare uh, everybody on the Chiefs' offense via playmakers to having half of their extremities via arms and legs, they could still put up more yards than the Jets right now. So that's not going to be a problem. After that is the Giants. Uh, They don't look good on defense. Their injuries are overtaking their team. 
Um, and then after that, you got the Packers, which I just explained. Their defense is not very good. Uh, they, they're going out and signing anyone and anything that can help them uh, via at ass end of their career players at each position on defense. So the Chiefs can make a run for sure. Uh, I see them definitely going f- uh, 4-0 through those games. Uh, so they'll be at 6-3, and uh, best case scenario, and that gets them right back into where they were. Uh, it's a little bit weird for Chiefs fans the last few years watching the team start 2-3, and three, which never happens. Andy Reid and the Chiefs have been very good in September and the beginning of October uh, for the past few years. So it's, it's something different to look at, but I wouldn't worry or panic right now if you're a Chiefs fan. The problem I'm worried about is how do you cover Terry McLaurin uh, and how Taylor Heineke plays. Uh, so mobile quarterbacks, the Lamar busted up the Chiefs defense, and then Josh Allen went for a decent amount of yards and a touchdown la- uh, last week when they played the Bills. Heineke, also very mobile. Uh, not He doesn't get as, as much credit as he should for that, but he is pretty mobile, uh, and they do have some threats down the field that they can hit, uh, the Washington football team meaning. So that that's what we need to watch and and the chiefs need to figure out how to play at least sound defense they don't need to be top five but they need to be around the half in the league they need to be around ranked 16th in the league not 32nd so if they can just do that i don't see the chiefs having an issue winning this game Uh, but i do think it's going to be closer than you think the one person that should be on the hot seat in on the chiefs organization will be no one other than steve spagnolo his defense is the players on the Chiefs defense are not that bad, yet they're performing bad. What does that tell you? That there's an issue with every single player on that team, which is very unlikely, or that the scheme is not working and you're still running it, which I've seen multiple years in Minnesota between the late 2000s, early 2010s, where we had players, but the scheme didn't work. Similar to right now for the for the Chiefs, Spagnolo's got to go. He's got to go or he's got to figure out he's got to alter the game plan because game plan ain't working. You're giving up a, a record number of points and yards per game. It's it's unreal how bad they're playing right now. And I never thought that that defense could be that bad. So the pick is in. I'm going Washington football team plus six and a half. I do think the Chiefs win the game, uh, but let by less than a touchdown. And I'm going to take the over. I told you I will never take the under in a Chiefs game via the offensive firepower and the defensive lackluster performances. Uh, so I'll take the over of 54 and a half. Next on the list, Rams at the Giants. The Giants injuries are basically the whole point of me going 100% Rams this week. Daniel Jones, questionable. Steve Slayton, um, or Darius Slayton, questionable. Sterling Shepard, questionable. Kenny, Kenny Galladay, probably not playing Saquon probably not playing that's every offensive weapon minus Ivan Ingram and and Mike Glennon's not winning this game for you against the Rams defense the Rams are need to take advantage of every every hurt player on the Giants the Rams need to exploit that and they will be able to with a top five defense that they have currently so the only way that this even gets close to sideways is if Matt Stafford comes out and looks like one of the worst Matt Staffords we've seen when he was on the on the Lions. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, there's a very low chance of that happening. So with that being said, there's not a chance in hell the Giants have, are win, win this game. And if they do, whoever bets on it is a very rich person. 
depending on how much money you put on it. But I'm going to go, the pick is in. I'm going with the Rams minus 10. Uh, but I'm going to go with the under of 48 and a half because I don't even think the Giants score 10 in this game. Next on the list, the Chargers at the Ravens. Uh, Justin Herbert versus Lamar Jackson. should be the sh- This should be America's game of the week. And if it's not, and it's the Cowboys at uh, the Patriots, I am going to 100% call BS on the fact that the Cowboys game is just always America's game of the week. That's crap. This will be the best game to watch. Guaranteed. If you're able to watch this football game, I would highly suggest you watching it, especially if your team doesn't also play at this on the same time slot. Uh, but Justin Herbert versus Lamar Jackson, uh, both of them playing out of their minds. Justin Herbert more or less throwing the football. Lamar's able to to throw the football at a way better clip than he's been, uh, not only deep down the field, down the sidelines. Uh, his choices to run are very good. He's making very good choices of when to run, how to run, when to slide. He's making very good choices, and their run game is amazing. Amazing. Even with all the injuries that they've had, they're still able to run the ball at a astronomical clip. So with that being said, I am going with the pick is in. Chargers plus two and a half and the over of 51. This is going to be a bloodbath. I don't think that either team loses by a field goal. Uh, so which is why I'm I'm basically hedging my bet with the Chargers plus two and a half. I think at the end of the day, the Baltimore defense is not as good as people think it is, uh, which is why I'm going with the Chargers and obviously why I'm going with the over. Next on the list, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Detroit Lions. How long can Joe Burrow keep this going? Because uh, it thinks it seems like it's gonna it's gonna go for a while. Uh, so basically Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have been on fire. They've had some injuries at the wide receiver position via Tyler Boyd and via uh, Higgins. So let's see. Let's see what happens in terms of that. They're they're, um, their tight ends have played well as well. Joe Mixon has been solid, not very good in some games, but at least solid overall. It's enough for me to question whether or not, they can cover what no one else has been able to cover with the Lions. Uh, the Lions fight is what it's all about. Dan Campbell has that team motivated to stay in games, fight till the end, fight till the last second. They lost on a 54-yard field goal last week to the Vikings, and before that, the game before that, they lost to the Ravens by a 66-yard field goal, which was an NFL record by Justin Tucker. I, I got uh, The pick is in. I got to take the Lions to cover. I, I, I can't not do it. Uh, only because they weren't even supposed to be close in the Ravens game. They weren't supposed to be close in the Vikings game. I think they were favored to the the Ravens were favored by nine and a half, if I'm not mistaken, and the Vikings were favored by seven. Uh, and they've been within one point or two points both games. So I got to take the Lions to cover plus three and a half, and I'm going to take the under uh, because the Lions have played some low scoring games compared to high potent offenses. So I, I've got I got to go with the under. So I'm going to go with the under of 46 and a half. Next on the list, Cardinals at the Broncos. The Cardinals are worse than their record, and the Browns are better than their record. So the Cardinals should have lost to the Vikings. Uh, Vikings missed a field goal, 37-yard field goal as time expired. They played a bad game against Jacksonville. 
They got outplayed in the game against Jacksonville. They got outplayed, basically outplayed against a San Francisco team last week that was missing a lot of players and started a rookie for their first start. There's a lot of games that they got away with winning that they shouldn't have won. Uh, whereas the Browns are on the other side of that, uh, on the other side of that coin, where they should have beaten the Chiefs, they were a fumbled punt away from doing that. Uh, they were winning the game against the Chargers last week, all the way up until the last second, uh, and the Chargers were amazing on third down and fourth down, like re- astronomically record numbers uh, for percentages. So they should have two more wins. Uh, so I think the 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 records for these teams are reversed. Uh, the Browns should be undefeated, and the Cardinals should not be undefeated. So what we need to look at in this game is the pass rush for the Browns and the pass defense for the Browns, very high caliber, especially led by Miles Garrett. And they have a team of weapons uh, in the secondary uh, to, to be able to cover the receivers that the Cardinals have, or at least do a decent job of it. And let's let's talk about the Cardinals' pass rush and the run defense which are both very subpar, and they're going to be missing Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, the man who was being called for MVP after five sacks in week one uh, and has not had anything close to that moving forward, and now he's not going to play this week, so it's only going to be J.J. Watt. Uh, Brown's offensive line should be able to keep him in check with some double teams, some chips, so they they should be fine. The reason I really want to bring this up is to, to explain my pick. So... I know the Browns have a good defense. The Cardinals score an astronomical amount of points. The wind is going to be a serious thing in this this game. 20 to 30 mile an hour wind outside in in Cleveland. It's not going to be a high scoring game. It's going to be a low scoring game similar to when they played the Vikings 14 to 7. And that was inside. that, That explains my pick. The pick is in. I'm going with the Browns minus three. I think that the Browns run game... It takes over this football game, and I don't think Kyler's able to recover uh, in the air and how windy it's going to be. And I got to go with the under of 49. 49 way too high based on the way the wind's going to be in this game. I don't see it getting anywhere near that. Uh, And I think the Browns come on top by way more than a field goal. Next on the list, Cowboys at the Patriots. Can we talk for a minute or two about how overrated the Cowboys' defense is? They can't stop the run. They have... They're relying heavily on having multiple turnovers a game. They're, they're, they're having turnovers happen, and they're not skillful turnovers. They're tip balls in the air, person in the right spot, uh, fumbles, people fumbling on their own, uh, bad handoffs. Trayvon Diggs, granted, best player on that defense right now, six interceptions through five games. He's playing really well at corner, but he's also jumping routes and – You can ask any Chiefs slash Ravens fan slash Rams fan that has watched Marcus Peters play football. He's going to get a lot of picks in a row uh, when he jumps routes, and then he's going to go cold for a while uh, because he can't tackle. Similar to Trayvon Diggs, his tackling skill is not very good. He's not help on on the line for run defense. He just isn't. So I don't expect that. So basically the Cowboys defense is overrated is what I'm saying. They're not going to be able to keep the turnover differential up at this clip. They're not going to be able to do it. They cannot rush the passer. They cannot stop the run. There's no way. And Bill Belichick always has a curveball for these teams. These all highly offensive teams that lack defensive skills, Belichick always has a curveball. 
Now, they didn't play well last week, which is why people are probably going to be hesitant to take them plus the points this week or take them money line regardless. People are not going to be very positive about this team after their performance against the Texans last week and Davis Mills. But they need people need to realize that the Cowboys are playing better than they are, uh, which will end and will end fast. Mac Jones has the opportunity this week to quiet every hater. He has the opportunity. There's a point in a rookie's opening season where he realizes all that shit I did before, part of my French, they ain't working. Let's make a change and let's do it the right way. They're not expecting Mac Jones to be Patrick Mahomes. They're expecting him to be a Kirk Cousins, a Dave, a, a Derek Carr, a, a Tannehill. They're expecting him to be a top 10 to 15 quarterback and just run the offense the way New England does it. And I think this is an opportunity for them to do it against this defense. The pick is in. I'm going with the Patriots plus three and a half and the under of 50 and a half. Patriots defense holds that the Cowboys offense to less. And I don't think the Patriots offense is going to be as potent as people may think it could be. Uh, which is why I'm going with those picks. Next on the docket, Raiders at the Broncos. How do the Raiders react to the John Gruden fiasco? Similar to the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars we just talked about, how do they handle Urban? Do they respect Urban? They still have to look at Urban Meyer. Some of these Raiders players that were handpicked by John Gruden are probably going to be affected by the fact of all the info that came out, the re- the decisions that he made to send in those emails, and the fact that he's just not in the building anymore. It, it really affects how these players perform, especially the ones that were handpicked and drafted by this man. Um, it's it's it, The impact is way more than people think it is. And it's going to take a few weeks for some of these players to get over this. I, I trust Tarek Carr to be a decent quarterback regardless of the situation. I think he always makes the best out of the least, the worst situation, I should say. But it's not going to be enough to win this football game against a very good Broncos defense. It's a divisional game. And the Raiders' deep run defense is bad. And the offense for the Denver Broncos runs through the play action with Teddy. Uh, and also Javante Williams, the rookie, looks good uh, with Melvin Gordon, a lot of other pieces on that rush offense. That even with a lot of their younger stud wide receivers being dinged up and out, I still think the Broncos play this game well uh, as a bounce back to the games that they've had the past few weeks where they haven't looked as good as the beginning three. Uh, that leads me to the pick that is in of the Broncos minus four. Uh, and I'm going to go with the over of 43 and a half. Uh, a lot of garbage time in this. I think the Broncos get up early and they stay up until the fourth quarter uh, where they let the, the the big playmakers on offense for the Raiders get back in it. Um, and then they cover the 43 and a half of the over. Next on the list, a good game that you would expect, but with the injuries might not look too good. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both teams are really dinged up. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers on the offensive weapon standpoint of uh, Claypool and Najee Harris, both of them are dinged up. Both of them are questionable going into this game. If they both play, 
Uh, they're not going to be at 100%, I don't believe, unless there is a miracle uh, at the, the training facility of the Pittsburgh Steelers, or should I say practice facility. Uh, and then Seattle with Russell Wilson missing at least a month, uh, probably closer to a month and a half, maybe more time with the broken finger. He had surgery on that finger. Uh, and Tyler Lockett's still dinged up, does not look very explosive. I just I don't see the point in teams playing players that are only at 60%. You cannot tell me that your third wide receiver is not better than 60% of your first, even if it is Tyler Lockett. So I don't really understand that. Two big performances that we're going to look at in this game are both the quarterbacks starting. Geno Smith will start this game for the Seattle Seahawks. If anybody has been watching football for more than five years, Geno Smith on the Jets and Geno Smith on the Giants is an absolute disgrace to football. Uh, Similar to what I went through on the Minnesota Vikings with Tavares Jackson. Uh, Rest in peace. He did pass away not too long ago. I believe it was either a year or two ago. His performance on the field is what we're talking about here, not him as a person, a great person. Just his performance on the field never was able to grasp an offensive playbook well enough to execute uh, at at least a 70% success rate on on any play, whether it be a handoff or a pass. Very mobile, similar to Geno in his earlier career, but Geno Smith is not a good quarterback in this league. Uh, I don't see how they start him for a whole month. And, and expect them to win two out of those four games. I just don't see it happening. And Big Ben doesn't look good either. He looks dinged up. However, uh, Juju missing is a big deal for him. Uh, he's one of those. Juju's one of those check down hot route receivers for Big Ben to get rid of the ball quick uh, on the hot routes, obviously, the quick outs, the quick ins, uh, the curls and stuff. But it's also important for Big Ben to be able to drop it uh, in his in – his, list of wide receivers to look at uh, in terms of their routes. He was always a check down uh, available for Big Ben if, if, if the pressure was coming on. He's not going to be available. If Najee Harris doesn't play, now it's another, adds another level to that. So this game might get a little bit ugly. I project Harris playing this week. Is He seems opt- more optimistic than Claypool, but Claypool also says he's probably – at 85% right now, uh, so he might play as well. I just don't see Geno Smith ever getting them close to a, a victory. I just don't see it happening. Uh, so, therefore, the pick is in. The Steelers, minus 5.5. I think Pittsburgh wins by a touchdown. And I'm also going to take the over in that game of 42.5. So, the, the Seahawks' defense is overrated. They're not very good. Geno's going to score some points against Pittsburgh's defense. Pittsburgh's very leaky on defense. They have a lot of games where they play very well as a unit, but there's also a lot of games where their entire unit plays awful at the same time. Uh, not like the defensive back backs play well, but the front seven stinks or vice versa. Uh, so there's a very good opportunity for the Seahawks to get up to 20 points in this game. If that's the case, uh, the the Seahawks defense is not good at all. They gave up 30 to the Vikings, so they could give up 35 to the Steelers easy, uh, which is why I need to take the over. Next on the list, the Buffalo Bills at the Tennessee Titans. Josh Allen's going to roll in this game. The Titans defense is terrible. They are absolutely awful. So... With that being said, the Bills' offense needs a game like this to get them moving. Uh, I think they got moving pretty well against the Chiefs, also a bad defense. 
uh, which is giving Josh Allen enough confidence moving forward to contend for that number one spot in the AFC. Uh, Bills look good on defense. They were missing a few players, a few key players, one one of them being Matt Milano, their star linebacker, last week against the Chiefs. Didn't need him, still won by 18, uh, and they covered the over. But we need to keep an eye on Derrick Henry. He's got seven touchdowns and over 600 yards in the first six weeks. Uh, he may go for 2,000 again. Uh, and I think he'll probably have an, a potential to score 20 touchdowns, uh, if not get close. I would say between 15 and 20 touchdowns. So anybody who has Derrick Henry in fantasy this year, you are loving this. You are loving the fact that Tennessee cannot throw the ball at all, which is why they're basically giving Derrick Henry between 35 and 40 touches a game. That's unreal. I remember back when Adrian Peterson was getting 30 carries and, and five pass-catching opportunities a game. I thought it was way too much. And oh, I think the game he broke the rushing record uh, for a single game with 297 yards, I think he had 38 carries, something crazy like that, uh, just because the Chargers who we played in that game could not stop the run at all. But Derrick Henry does that every week. He literally runs the ball hard every week. This man's career is going to be shorter than anything I've ever seen. Running back careers are already short. It's going to be way shorter if he's getting 40 touches a game. Imagine that. 40 touches a game times 17 games. Holy crap. That's like 700 touches a year. That's unreal. That's unreal. It's it's crazy. And the, the Tennessee Titans cannot figure out how to throw the football. Not only... Because their offensive line is pretty bad. But their wide receivers are all dinged up all the time. A.J. Brown's been dinged up since the beginning of the season. Julio's been dinged up at the beginning of the season. They don't have much in terms of depth at the wide receiver position. So they got to struggle and give this and give this one single human in Derrick Henry all of these touches. I hope for Derrick Henry that he doesn't get hurt because of this. Uh, because I would 100% blame it on the on the play calling, 100%. And what we need to see, which I basically just went over, uh, but another comment on that is how does the offense of Tennessee perform against a decent defense in Buffalo? Buffalo's decent at every at every position. They drafted two very good defensive ends in the draft. Uh, Matt Milano should return this week, and they have good. Linebackers to go along with their secondary, who is above average, uh, probably a top five secondary, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with Micah Hyde in the in the back end, and also having uh, Tre'Davious White as well, uh, with Jordan Poyer and Tre'Davious White at corner. Uh, they don't really allow much deep down the field. Good cover corners uh, may not show up on the stat sheet in terms of what they do on the field. Uh, but definitely something to take a look at moving forward on the Bills' defense because if their offense can even be half decent, the defense can carry them to victories. Uh, in a division where their division is subpar right now with the Dolphins struggling, the Jets struggling, and basically New England also struggling. In this game, I've got to take the Bills minus the points. Right now it's at minus 5.5. I'll take that Bills minus 5.5 and, and take the over of 53.5 that may move. Uh, it's Friday right now at 2.35, so by Sunday that might move up a little bit depending on how people take these bets moving into the weekend. 
Uh, but as of right now, got to go with the bill uh, with the Bills minus the points uh, and the over. And as always, ending with the Vikings game, uh, like we do on the recap, we always recap the Vikings game last. We're going to preview the Vikings game last as well. Vikings are at the Panthers this week. The number one headline in this game is injuries. Uh, and at the running back position is the focus. Uh, McCaffrey looks like he may or may he may have had a setback uh, with the hamstring. They did not put him on IR. This would be the fourth game missed. Uh, so if they did put him on IR, he could return this week. Uh, they would obviously thought that he would have returned. Actually, I make a mistake. I retract that. This would be the third week he missed. Ca- officially counting the fact that he got hurt in the early second quarter of week two. Or sorry, of week three. Technically, I guess it would be the fourth game, but it's irrelevant. McCaffrey is a big reason why this offense is it was going the way it was in the first three weeks. They haven't looked good the last two weeks. They're three and two. Vikings come in at two and three with two heartbreaking losses, in which case they should be four and one. Dalvin Cook, full part- participant in practice. Uh, on Friday, well, today, I guess, uh, and yesterday did well as well at practice. Their precautionary concerns on Thielen and Jefferson, both on the injury report in this game. Uh, for fantasy, I will tell you guys, you guys need to keep an eye on the injury report. I will not talk to you guys till Monday, uh, so I will not have another podcast out before then. So you guys, in terms of fantasy, you need to keep an eye on what they're saying about Thielen and Jefferson. If either of those players do not play in this game, the Vikings are going to be at a disadvantage against a very good Carolina defense. However, if one of them does start, they're going to get a lot of targets, uh, and the other one is out, or vice versa. Got to keep an eye. There's no reason to bring Dalvin Cook this week, bring Dalvin Cook back this week with our bye being next week uh, and a big game coming out of the bye against the Cowboys on Halloween at home. So I think that they're going to leave Dalvin Cook out of this game. Also keep an eye on him. If he starts in this game, you need to start him in fantasy. If he doesn't start, you need to start Madison in fantasy. He looks good catching balls out of the backfield. He looks good on the ground. He did have the costly fumble uh, that did basically get exterminated from his his stat sheet based on uh, our game-winning field goal from 54 yards. But the Vikings offense is struggling right now, and the Panthers defense looks really good, like really good. So we're going to have to figure out a way, and by we also, I mean the Vikings. The Vikings need to figure out a way to stop the Panthers' offense and allow the their own offense to run the plays they need to run regardless of how good the Panthers' defense is. The receivers need to run the right routes. They need to be on the same page. The play calling needs to be good. It can't be bad like it was last week. If it's bad like it was last week, they're going to get blown out. But we could, we could win this game. Vikings could win this game if the play calling is solid and everybody performs the way they should at just average. There can't be big mistakes. It, it's going to be a problem. And the one thing I did see, I was watching a lot of NFL, uh, Good Morning NFL. The one thing they showed a video of Sam Darnold last week against the Eagles that I that I took away from these videos is they were showing the way his throws come out of his hand via where the pressure's coming from. 
And pressure from the side really doesn't alter his throws. Pressure from the middle and in his face alters his throws. He can't see wide receivers that are wide open. He can't get balls into windows that he could normally get balls into. And he also makes really bad decisions. That's what the Vikings need to focus on. There needs to be pressure up the middle. Sam Darnold's not going to light people on fire with his legs. He's never been that guy. He can he can run uh, similar to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins can run. He just never does. Similar with Sam Darnold. Probably runs a little bit more than Kirk, but they need to get pressure up the middle. The A-gap blitzes that they haven't been using in Minnesota for the first five weeks that I've noticed need to come back this week. Uh, with Anthony Barr being relatively healthy now and Eric Hendricks in with Nick Vigil as well, our linebacking crew is going to be whether we win or lose this football game. Now, similar to my pick earlier with the Lions, I cannot possibly take the the Cincinnati Bengals minus the points with the close games the Lions have been playing. I'm also going to do the same thing uh, with the Vikings this week. So my pick is in. I am going with the Panthers plus two and a half, hoping that the Vikings win by two points or less. Uh, and if they lose, well, then I covered. Uh, and I'm going to go with the under. I think both offenses struggle this week. The defenses are going to come out strong. They're going to overperform or perform to a standard that they should. And that this game is similar to the score of the Vikings-Lions game last week, being 19-17. I see this being a 21-17 game. Or closer, actually, to make my pick valid. Uh, 21-20 game. Uh, either way. Either way, 21 to 20, either way. If Dalvin Cook doesn't play and Christian McCaffrey plays, could change. Uh, you guys' injuries change a lot of stuff, so all my picks are via people's health right now, not people's health in the next two days. So keep an eye on that before you make before you place that bet. All right, guys, that will end the preview segment. Please take those bets. Uh, take a few of them, parlay them. Uh, parlay all of them if you want. Uh, I know the limit on DraftKings is 20 per parlay, uh, so you can't do all the over-unders and all the spreads uh, to take a shot in the dark at winning a lot of money. Uh, I did take the best of these bets and put them into a single parlay. Let me pull that up on my phone to let you guys know. Maybe you guys can make some money. Um, just logging in right now. So out of all the over-unders and all the spreads, I took these as the ones I thought were the best. Uh, so I have a 12-pick parlay at $215,000 to 1. Uh, so $2 wins you, sorry, $2 wins you $4,300. Uh, so in this 12-leg parlay, all 12 legs, here we go. Uh, Miami Dolphins minus 3, Chargers plus 2.5, Browns minus 3, Patriots plus 3.5, Broncos minus 4, Bills minus 5.5, over 44 at the uh, in the Packers Bears game, over 43 in the Texans Colts game, over 51 in the Chargers Ravens game, over 54 and a half in the Chiefs football team game, under 49 in the Cardinals Browns game, and over 54 in the Buffalo Bills Titans game. That is a 12 leg parlay. Uh, Two dollars wins you over 4,300 dollars. Make sure you pay your taxes on that and file it in your taxes so you don't get sniped uh, like Wesley Snipe snipes and go to jail for tax evasion. Uh, but that is the best bet I'm doing combining all of the spread options and all of the over-under options. Uh, so hopefully that wins. And if any of you 
win on that as well. We are going to take a lot of money from DraftKings, which is hilarious. Uh, but take a few of those if you want. Uh, next podcast will be out Monday uh, to cover all of the Sunday, uh, all of the Sunday slate. Um, it is my birthday weekend, so the Vikings are six and one in the last seven birthdays uh, that they've played the weekend of my birthday. So let's keep that going. Also, um, if you guys could leave a review, uh, comment, share the podcast on Facebook, share it via word of mouth, be a doll and tell some people about the podcast. Love talking to you guys, trying to grow it as much as I possibly can. I love it. Thank you so much for all the supporters out there of the podcast in terms of downloads, listens, shares, uh, what have you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. To all the new listeners, this was the All In Man Cave podcast. This is the preview segment for week, week six. Everybody have a good football weekend. Good luck to your teams. And like I always say, until next time, later.